Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. It's the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers on today's episode. We're talking about the Packers free agency acquisitions, taking a look at the other moves in the NFC North, looking ahead a bit to the draft and discussing some of the crazy things that have happened in a throw everything in the air and see where it lands NFL free agency period today on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Cheeseheads in Chicago launched the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. Coming to you live from my beautiful Southside estate, quarantined, sheltering in place. I'm pandemic expert and football novice Mike Fleischman. Joining me via telephone from a very safe social dis- distance is pandemic expert and football novice Matt Mellumsetter. How you doing, sir? Hey, Mike. How's it going? Doing well. Uh, this this is a thing that happens to podcasts. I'm amazed, actually, that we made it into the 60s before we had this happen to us. We recorded yeah. this episode yesterday, and I made dinner and sat down and ate it, and then went came back to take a look at stitching the episode to, together <laughs> and found out that your audio was ruined. and A mess. It was it was bad. You said it sounded sounded like lasers. <laughs> Yeah, I said it sounded like lasers, like pew, pew, pew. Yeah, there was there was multiple problems uh, with, with the audio on that side. I am a vain man and considered just releasing an episode of myself <laughs> talking to absolutely nobody. <laughs> that would have been the best episode thus far. <laughs> I, I appreciate your confidence, but no, it wouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, we started we started off yesterday you know, of course yesterday was a, a wild day because they issued the shelter in place order here in chicago for uh mm-hmm. for those of you who are maybe taking a look back on this episode it is saturday march 21st 2020 the country is in the grips of of a very i'm not going to call it a panic but a very real and total concern about the coronavirus here in America. Uh, football yeah. football is the only thing that's left in the sporting world because it's the only thing not being played. Everything else is shut down and has just left us with the NFL free agency period. But I, I for one, I am so glad that something sports related is happening because if you, you took away my basketball, you took away my baseball, you took away my softball, we at least get to talk about moving players around on the chessboard. It's basically like the entire sports world is just playing a game of Madden at this point. Yes, and it's it's maybe my favorite part of the year for football, and so I'm glad that we get to still have this. I I love this this point. I I also love the preseason because you get to talk about the the seventy first guy on the roster as if oh, he matters, man. which is so yeah. much fun to do. Love talking about uh, Taysom Hill and how he should have made the Packers squad in twenty sixteen. Yeah, he's essential. We shouted, "He's essential!" Yes, you could do stupid bullshit with him, <laughs> but they didn't listen to us. Uh, leaves us leaves us where we are now, sheltered in place. Uh, eating lots of rice and beans. It's actually going to be pizza night around my house. Ooh. 
Yep. That's fun. Yeah, we stocked up on... I didn't stock up on a lot of perishables. I know that grocery stores are going to be open, but like we talked about yesterday, I, I'm trying to respect the spirit of this shelter-in-place order as much as I am the letter of it as well, in that yeah. if I can go a couple of weeks just kind of going out into my yard and also going for my normal exercise runs around the area without coming into contact with anyone, without touching yeah. any surfaces... You know, you have three three weeks of of not going into public places and sneezing on things. Probably respects the spirit of shelter in place a lot more than going to the grocery store just because it's open. Yeah, going every week or something like normal. No, don't do that. Stay at home. Stay stay at home. Listen listen to football. Everyone everyone is doing the NFL free agency period as if nothing fucking matters anymore, right. which I deeply appreciate. We'll talk more about some of the incredible things that have happened later on down the road. Uh, right now, though, the Packers, they, they don't seem like they have any sort of panic or, or wild you know, three sheets to the wind kind of approach to free agency. They knew they were going to have weaknesses. They knew they were letting certain players walk and their first two free agency signings, some of the first to come across the wire at all in free agency mm -hmm. are exactly what we thought they would be. Stopgap short-term measures to either look for a longer-term solution or put someone in place that can be a quick solution to a departing player. We'll start with inside linebacker Christian Kirksey. As Blake Martinez is gone, he's a member of the Giants. Kirksey comes in from the Browns. He's a free agent, 27 years old, third-round pick out of Iowa, and really started his career in earnest with the Browns in 2016. He earned the starting job, had a very good year in 2017, and then has gone on IR in November in 2018, and then IR back in September in 2019. So that really reduces the price tag on him. He's two years, $16 million for the Packers. He comes in with a lot of question marks about what his future in the NFL is going to be. But um, despite coming in from a questionable organization, has a lot of good character marks as well. I know the Packers value that. I like that in football players. Yeah. So comes comes in to fill a hole. And on the whole, the immediate thing you think about with Kirksey versus Martinez is it's going to be a more athletic player and a more physical and aggressive player at inside linebacker. Yeah, well, more instinctive player, I think, is a good way to describe it as well. It's, you know, Kirksey can be fooled a little bit on play action. You can get him moving in a direction. He'll go with it. But he's somebody who he's going to try and diagnose the play immediately and make something happen. When he was healthy, you'd see him breaking up plays in the backfield a lot. He was he was instrumental in the run game, and he can cover and pass. He can play in pass coverage. Uh, I'm I'm excited about this signing uh, and and watching how the Packers have, have approached free agency thus far. It makes me wonder if Brian Gutkunst has heard that there's a pandemic going around because there's no haste, there's no panic. It's it seems diagnosed and consistent the second free agent signing comes from the lions rick wagner got released by the lions this offseason he was in the middle of a pretty big contract that they gave him they cut him after three years of a five-year deal he's 30 years old he's a fifth round pick out of wisconsin by the ravens in 2013 this guy is the definition of a veteran uh, Billy Turner fits this mold as well, although I think Turner overall might be regarded as a better lineman than Rick Wagner. But released mm -hmm. by the Lions after three years, he has more than 80 NFL starts under his belt. He's got 100 NFL games that he was active for or more. They get him for two years, $11 million. He was not graded very well last year by by the people who who give you know assign numbers to how well football players play. But sure. all the same, 
very much like Christian Kirksey. He comes from a, an organization that has really, really big structural structural questions and problems with a chance to get into an organization that is is really, I don't think, you know, the Packers have had a few problems as far as coaching and leadership and effort in the last five years, certainly, but they, they joined an organization that has a much better reputation and ha- right now has has a reputation as a place where people can go and really shine and get their careers on track with the Smiths last year. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Rick Wagner, likely a downgrade from Brian Belaga. Brian Belaga had a career year last year, but for the money, I think it's a great deal. And it's also important to look at what people have said about Rick Wagner. Uh, TJ Lang played alongside Belaga for so many years, went to Detroit, played next to Rick Wagner. Uh, he said he would never have signed that contract in Detroit if he didn't believe Rick Wagner was almost as good as Ryan Belaga. And and Wagner has been playing for the last two years under Matt Patricia. People are fleeing that situation at the moment. Yeah. They're getting out of town. As they should. They're burning bridges on their way out as well. Uh, the Patricia Lions, we'll talk more about the Lions, but the stat up top that you need to know about what they're doing right now is that they have more former Patriots on their roster right now than they do Lions who are on the roster before Matt Patricia was hired to be their coach. That's a, a 7-6 to six advantage for former Patriots. So he's he's trying to make, make the Patriots team in the NFC North. They were terrible last year. They, they are just as questionable this year because there's no one saying anything positive as soon as they get out of Detroit right now. Everyone who comes out of that system is uh, being just about as openly negative as I've ever heard anyone be. But with both of these guys, talk about Ragnar, Wagner a bit. There's a, a big anticipation that the Packers are going to draft at offensive tackle. They're going to get a guy that they yeah. think they they are most likely looking for another Elton Jenkins kind of player that they can put into the starting lineup midway through the season. And if you have that idea for a long-term plan at tackle, not being Rick Wagner, the, getting a guy who's had 80-plus NFL starts into that position group as someone who can can be both a starter and a backup is going to carry himself really well and be a role model. That's a lot more more important than having a you know having Alex Light and Cole Madison and and some of those other guys be the only only voices in the room. You've just added someone who knows who knows how the hell to be an NFL pro. Yeah, and I, you know I think that's why it was so important to have Jared Veld here on the squad last year. You know, even him coming out of retirement, he was somebody who's been in the league for since 2010. You know, he knew how to conduct himself. He knew how to play the game and when called upon for a couple of games, he was able to fill in and, and play admirably. And, uh, you know, I think Rick Wagner can, can play that replacement level, give us and give the Packers enough for, uh, production out of the right tackle position that it's not an issue losing Belaga. He's on a nice contract. You draft a tackle uh, early first or second round, maybe you can give him a couple of weeks to develop like we did with, like they did with Elton Jenkins last year. Uh, I think it's hard to hit on another Elton Jenkins type again. I mean, he immediately came in and was near Pro Bowl level. He was he was exceptional. Um, but any young tackle, you give him somebody who can who can show him the ropes, of the NFL, get him up to speed before you let him loose. Tackle is the most visible offensive line position and the most important because you do not put the athletic pass rushers up against the guards and centers unless you're you know, using stunts or coming up the middle, but most likely those guys are edge rushers. They face the tackles. They're on your TV screen uh, right around the quarterback yeah. as well. So it's a, it's a big time position. So Wagner is, is, has had plenty of experience handling that looking forward to see what he does. I do think, and this is, this is my personal opinion that 
you look at everyone who's departed from the Packers this season and what they got elsewhere, Balaga is the one that I think that there's a possibility of regretting. I don't think we're going to regret not seeing Blake Martinez for uh, for ten million dollars this season. I think he's with the Giants. I think that's that's good for both teams, but. I could see this team coming to regret letting Brian Balaga go to the Chargers for three years, $30 million. That's a good price tag for him, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, every NFL contract is basically a one-year plus a bunch of options. Um, you know, I, I would have liked to see Brian Balaga back, but but for the money, I'm, I'm fine with Rick Wagner. I think, I think Rick Wagner will be all right. That brings us to the key departures as well. Before we get to them, a couple of more signings for the Packers. These are slightly less important. They have they have brought back Will Redmond at safety. He's a special teams player for the most part. He's also shown the ability to play in the backfield on defense and be mostly effective. They have tendered all their exclusive rights, free agents, Kumaro, Lancaster, Lazard, Sullivan, and Tanyan. And the word on the street was that they were going to sign Danny Vitale yesterday, there's reports now that he is going to become a Patriot and go play for Belichick yeah. in New England. That makes sense. Belichick likes, likes a versatile player, and I don't think that the Packers quite used Vitale as much as his skill set could have had them use him. Sure. Yeah, we've seen the ability in an offense like this, LaFleur offense. I mean, specifically, you look at Kyle Juszczyk out in, in San Francisco. Get that fullback vertical. Use him a lot in the past game. Uh, I think Vitaly could have done that a little bit. He's he's obviously not a use check kind of guy. We'll see how Belichick uses him. I'm not super concerned about losing a, a fullback. No, me um, neither. But, you know, would have been nice to see him back. Mercedes Lewis is also back on a nice favorable deal for the Packers. I really like the the idea that he was able to come out of having what we thought was a nice and almost complete career down in Jacksonville and is now going on year three of being on the Packers. He doesn't give you a lot on the field, but very much like Tremont Williams, when you do see him play and make plays, he's been very effective. He's sure-handed. He knows how to get into the right spots. He is a decent run blocker, which is about which puts him in the upper echelon of tight end run blockers at the moment yeah. because it's just not what the position is expected to do anymore. But he's got a role on this team, and as an old guy in a position group that, as of right now, is Jay Sternberger and large Robert Tanyan, I like having Mercedes Lewis back very much in the same way that I like having a guy like Rick Wagner around in that he's, he's clearly there to make an impact off off the field as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the biggest impact for Mercedes Lewis. I mean, you know, throughout the year last year, we saw him do a good job of, of run blocking and coming in on play action downs and, you know, sweeping out into the flat, catching a ball for five or six yards, just a nice safety belt. I think he can do that again this year, you know, maybe not next year, but uh, one more year of him, one more year of him uh, teaching Jace and uh, Big Bob how to do it. A lot of questions there with Jay Sternberger and, and Bob yeah. Tanyan. Unsure if unsure what the Packers do at that position going into the season. That will be fun to watch. Hopefully we have a season. Everything we say right now is tinged with that, like, well, it'd be nice to go to the beach in the summer if we still have beaches. Yeah, if the world doesn't explode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully the NFL season happens. God knows if it will. <laughs> we are asking ourselves right now, are we having an apocalypse tinged, tinged by an NFL free agency period? Or are we having an NFL free agency period tinged by the apocalypse? Unsure well, I don't know which yet. is which. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Social distancing, folks, is the hottest new thing of the spring. 
the best new fashion trend. It's the best new trend. Taking a look at some of the players who have left the Packers, we talked about Blake Martinez. He goes to the Giants, three years, $30 million. That's a great contract for the Giants to offer a guy like Martinez, who has been great on and off the field for Green Bay. He's going to play every snap of the season for the Giants if trends continue as they as they have with his career in Green Bay. He's going to make a lot of tackles. He's going to be a nice, solid presence on a team that's really clearly rebuilding. And it leaves the Giants in a position after two or three years of that contract is up to actually give some money to some of the guys that they're hoping develop into the stars that they actually need to compete. Yeah. The, you know, the Giants are, are are not a year away from contending. They're three or four years away. Blake Martinez is a guy that can come in and, and instill a culture in that team, a young, young team. that's not going to be winning much, you know, teach them how to play every down, take it hard, take your work seriously do your prep work, everything like that. He's a great culture signing, and he's also a decent middle linebacker. He's good enough, you know. Kyler Fackerel also goes to the Giants. Not important there. Brian Balaga goes to the Chargers. Uh, The Chargers being on the market for free agent, high-priced offensive tackles, I think it's actually admirable. You scratch your head at it at first, but then you think they're going to be bringing in a new quarterback with Rivers as a member of the Colts now. So why not have someone around to actually keep a guy upright in the pocket a little bit when he's getting started, whether it's Tyrod Taylor or whoever else the Chargers find to bring in to play quarterback at the moment. So it's an interesting move and it's another, yep. It's another good, good place to spend a little bit of money if you're the Chargers, because you really want some, you want some skill position players to, to break out and start, start developing. And you want to have a quarterback that you can put into that system and maybe have, have some confidence that they're, they're not going to spend half of their career for the next two years on, on the turf getting trash talked by the guy who just sacked him for the third time in the game. Yeah, no. And, and, you know, Tyrod Taylor, maybe he's not the the best quarterback in the world, but every situation we've ever seen him in has been something where he's getting put on his back all the time with, with Cleveland, with, with Buffalo. You know, give him some time. Give him some space. He's got a decent offensive line. He's got some good wide receivers. Uh, give him a chance to create something. BJ Goodson goes to the Cleveland Browns. That's not important. And now we get to the comedy section of the podcast, which is yes, which is the best section of all. Jimmy Graham goes to the Chicago Bears very early <laughs> in free agency. This is as funny today as it was yesterday, which is to say, rather funny. <laughs> rather hilarious. The best bit I've seen in weeks. I, I The contract for Graham, and there have been several things that have made me think that the person telling me it was kidding in the last week or so in NFL free agency. Yeah. This is a major one. Two million, uh, no, two years, 16 million with nine million guaranteed money for Jimmy Graham to the Chicago Bears. Yeah, Graham, Graham is 33, looked uh, barely capable of, of forward motion, is completely unable to jump has has lost a lot of the has lost all of the athleticism that made him a threat early in his career and they yeah. they gave him huge huge money and you still I as we have wondered throughout the entire duration of this podcast what's going on in Chicago uh they're preparing for the apocalypse they're just you know spending whatever money they can doing whatever they got left you know you can't take it with you so uh might as well dish it out on some guys. I don't get the Jimmy Graham signing. I mean, I, I guess I get it in that, uh, you know, I don't believe the Bears had a tight end with over 100 yards receiving last year. So you see someone who 
had 350 and you go, Oh my gosh. Sure. Um, but, uh, the money makes no sense to me. I think that if they had waited a week, they would have been able to get him for $4 million a year. I mean, no one's breaking down the gates to get a Jimmy Graham right now. Um, just yesterday as a counterpoint, maybe the highest valued tight end on the market or what we expected to be the highest free agent tight end on the market is Eric Ebron goes to the Steelers for two years, 12 million. Yeah, it, it, it was Ebron and Austin Hooper were the two that I thought would, would get the biggest contracts. Uh, Ebron at two years, 12 million Austin Hooper at, uh, I don't even know, uh, more than Jimmy Graham, but less than, uh, $20 million, $23 million guaranteed for year 23 mil, um, to the Browns. Uh, it's a great contract. You know, uh, this Jimmy Graham contract still makes no sense in any world, even if the world is ending. <laughs> uh, the Bears made one move that I, I strongly approve of. They sent a fourth round pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars for Nick Foles. I approve of this for two reasons. One of them being that the Bears sending away more of their draft picks continues to be funny. And Nick Foles is cool. Yeah, yeah I like Nick Foles a lot. Um, so I'm fine with that move. I just. Man, if you're the Bears, you can't be dishing out draft picks like that anymore. You don't have any. You have none left. You sent them all away with Khalil Mack. You're not getting any comp picks back. Like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Nick Foles, we we talked about it. I feel funny because no one knows we talked about this yesterday, so I need to stop repeating yeah. that. We know we talked about we, it. We do. Nick Foles is the complete opposite of Mitch Trubisky in that Trubisky is a deer in headlights in the NFL. He is looks utterly overmatched by yeah. NFL level competition. Nick Foles, well, he may not have that that full list of physical gifts that made Trubisky such an appealing prospect to uh, only Ryan Pace. Is is no one else really has the exact opposite temperament in that Foles is a gamer. He seems to really inspire the guys around him. The run that he led the Eagles on after the Eagles lost Wentz and were really floundering in place and like wondering what their future was going to be. The run he led them onto that Super Bowl victory was incredible. Uh, he's he's a he's just seems to be a natural leader that's that's well liked and he's tough and he's competitive and he is going to give the Chicago Bears receivers chances to make plays on footballs because he's not going to be afraid to throw it in there and he's going to know where people are in an NFL offense and he's going to be able to read defenses at the line of scrimmage and I think when you get those very basic things at the quarterback position for the Bears it makes them a a different and and immediately better team Yes, absolutely. Like the the mistakes that Mitch Trubisky makes makes are missing reads. You know, not throwing to your first read when he's open, trying to get the deep ball, not throwing the open deep ball, running to your right and throwing to the left side of the field across your body, lofting it up for a pick. The mistakes Nick Foles makes are, oh, there's a guy who's got three inches of space. I'm gonna throw it. You know, the the, the mistakes Mitch makes are unpredictable and uh, astounding. <laughs> and the mistakes that Nick Foles makes are are expected in a way. You know, you expect Nick Foles to take the weirdest deep shots, big shots you can ever see. He's going to take every fucking risk. Mitch has no idea if he's taking a risk or not. He doesn't comprehend it. Um, and so I, I, I think Nick Foles immediately makes the Bears a much better team. 
Yeah, you're not going to see a lot of hesitancy. He's not going to dance around the pocket very much. He's going to he's going to chuck it up. He's going to like playing with Allen Robinson. He's going to make Allen yeah. Robinson oh, look like man. an actual NFL All-Pro player. Allen Robinson might go for 2,000 yards receiving this year. He's going to go uh, off his rocker this year. It's not like the Bears have any other wide receiver weapons. Because the thing about Robinson is that he very clearly is strongest when he's covered and is able to fight and work against cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. He's he's so good he's working rough. along the boundary when he's got a guy on him. He he loves he loves that competition, and yeah, Foles will give him so many more chances than Trubisky did looking away from him. Yeah, and and Foles will put it in a place he can go get it. You know, I mean, Allen Robinson's at his strongest when he's hand fighting. He's he runs great routes, but he's so good at creating separation with little movements and elevating and and winning with the hands. And Nick Foles will give him a lot of chances on those balls. The Bears also added Robert Quinn, making their total commitment to the pass rush position uh, nearing $200 million Jesus. right now. Uh, Robert Quinn is 30 years old. He comes from the Cowboys. He's on a five-year, $70 million brand-new contract with the Chicago Bears. I, I like the idea that they have two very good edge rushers. Clearly, that's a that's the right idea to have. But five years, $70 million for a 30-year-old guy. You look at that contract, you look at the Jimmy Graham contract, and you think to yourself, Ryan Pace, once again, is negotiating against himself for these high-priced yeah. players. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I get wanting to build up a crazy pass rush. That's how you can win games in, in some ways. Uh, but you have to be able to score points to you. If you're getting a new quarterback in this system, give him some weapons. You know, the, the offense has been anemic for three years now. You gotta, you gotta find something you can do to make that better. Robert Robert Quinn is going to keep the defense good. They've still got Trevathan in the middle. Leonard Floyd is gone. Uh, Chase Daniel, the backup quarterback, has gone to the Lions. That doesn't matter. Nick Kwiatkowski has gone to the Raiders. Ha-ha Clinton Dix has gone to the Cowboys. But there are still a whole bunch of very good playmakers on the defense for the Chicago Bears. They are, I anticipate them to be a better team in the 2020 season than they were in 2019 because of the moves that they've made. But also they have continued to, I think, put an artificial limit on what they can accomplish by continuing to chase a lot of to chase good money with bad money is what is what the saying goes and that they just continue pouring money into odd free agents and thinking that their draft picks are expendable at a time when they have limited draft picks in the first place. So they, they might've, they might've got made themselves another, a playoff contender again, but they've really handicapped whether they're going to be able to keep that window open for very long. And I, I still don't think this is a team that can compete to win the, win the division. No, I mean, the Bears might be a wild card team. They might make the playoffs. They're by no means a Super Bowl contender. Um, and, you know, by selling out all of your, your draft picks, you're hamstringing yourself three years into the future when you need those draft picks to be developing. Those young guys on the back end of a cheap contract, you, you need them to be good, but you're not even going to have them on your squad. Uh, which is, is, that's how you make a Super Bowl contender, is good players on a rookie contracts, not... 30 year, 35 year old guys earning $20 million. The Detroit Lions are also seeing a whole bunch of players leave right now. It's a situation where the Packers and the Bears are trying to stand pat and get better in the NFC North at the moment. The Lions and the Vikings are, are 
they're not experiencing similar problems, but the results on paper look very similar in that a whole bunch of people are leaving both of those squads. For the Lions, they had to trade Darius Slay, probably their best player altogether. He extended both middle fingers on his way out the door, badmouthed the entire upper, you know, the entire coaching under Matt Patricia and made sure to burn the bridge and then uh, blow up the bridge and then nuke the bridge from orbit and then piss on the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) He did everything he could to make sure no one ever wants to go to Detroit or play under Matt Patricia again. And uh, good work to you, sir. And he was joined by a small chorus of other former Detroit Lions who were more than willing to just pop in and say, oh yeah, Matt Patricia is the worst coach I've ever worked with. I'd never worked with him again. And you know, this man, Darius Slay, is absolutely correct. So the Lions have themselves a little bit yeah. of a problem there with, uh, with a whole bunch of people leaving. Like I said, more former Patriots than current than Lions when... Which is insane. Yeah, when he started. That's not a good stat. And you know, the people that he's managing to peel off the Patriots, I don't think are going to be very effective. The Vikings, meanwhile, they're just having a major defensive exodus right now. Uh, their main move on offense so far is to send Stefan Diggs to the Bills for a whole bunch of draft picks. I, I love the idea if you're managing the Vikings. I think what they're doing is is a pretty good recognition of their current situation Absolutely. and that they had their window, their window closed and now the team is too expensive to keep together. So you've got guys who are Guys like Everson Griffith and Linval Joseph, who aren't going to be there anymore. Uh, Curse, Waynes, Weatherly are all gone, but they get a whole bunch of picks back for probably their their most dangerous offensive player, who is already sort of on the rocks there in the organization. It's it's not it's not quite like Darius Slay getting out of uh, Detroit in that they sent Stephon Diggs to the Bills, who are absolutely buyers right now, and so they got a yeah. great price back for him and can actually do something moving forward because Minnesota has been you know, a destination. And you know, as much as Mike Zimmer might not be everyone's cup of tea, you know, people aren't people aren't absolutely tearing him apart in the media when they leave that team. He's still got no, some good yeah. going there. Yeah, he's a, he's a good coach. I mean, uh, I, I cannot speak at all to his, his human element, but as a football coach, he's a pretty darn good guy. Um, uh, Xavier Rhodes also gone from the Vikings. A, a huge defensive yep. exodus over there. You're you're absolutely right. It's it, we've seen time and time again. It's so hard to keep premier defenses together for more than three years. I mean, think of any you know uh, generation defining defense. I mean, look at the League of Boom. They were done in three years. You know, they had three or four years of of, of peak quality, and then guys leave. You can't afford them. It's so difficult to keep a, a defense together, and the way that you can do it is getting young guys out of rookie contracts in in high draft spots in the first, second, third rounds. And they traded Stephon Diggs away, got a great haul of picks. I think it's the perfect move for them. They've recognized where they're at. I don't think Cousins has turned into the player that they thought he would be at the quarterback position. They have to spend a lot of money on him in the coming seasons because he got so much guaranteed. It's a perfect time to rebuild because Kirk Cousins, if he is still an effective quarterback, he's still got a few weapons there. He's got a good running back to play with. He's got uh, Adam Thielen, who is still a very, very good wide receiver. Yeah, he's really, really if good. Just, yeah, and the crazy thing is he's overrated and he's still fantastic. Yeah. I, I think you know the, the, the whole hometown boy makes good story. 
makes him a, a little bit overrated in the eyes of of Vikings fans. He's fantastic. He's just not who they think he is. But he's yeah. still yeah, he's still good. Cousins will win you some games even with a shaky defense. They they don't have to tank to rebuild this squad because they had players that were worth something on the open market. They get value back and they're able to recognize their key situation instead of the Ryan Pace chasing good money with bad money. They're not doing that. It's smart. I like what the Vikings are doing and it makes the Packers much more of a contender next year in that the Packers are currently adding to a completed squad on both sides instead of trying to rebuild who's going to do what. Yeah, I think I think seeing what the NFC North is doing, uh, it, I think it, it's hard to look at this Packers team and say they're not the immediate favorite for the NFC North. They, I think they'll win it by two games. God knows if the Bears make the playoffs as a wild card team. I, I don't think anyone else has a chance in this division right now. The free agency period has been fun. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, I wanted to talk a bit about some of the other possible landing uh, uh, players who could land with the Packers right now. Everyone seems to be very surprised that Robbie Anderson, the wide receiver with the Jets, has still not landed anywhere. He's a big guy. He fits the Brian Gutkunst type when you look for wide receivers and that he's fast and he's tall. But there has yeah, not been a lot of skinny. yeah, hasn't been a lot of of interest in him on the free agent market and so he's not landed anywhere yet. He would be interesting, but I think he's still a little bit overpriced for where the Packers want to go. Emmanuel Sanders was available until yesterday. He ends up with the sta- with the Saints. That's a great signing for the Saints. I agree. Uh, Eric Ebron land- lands with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a decent signing for the Steelers there because uh, his contract two uh, two years twelve million is is fantastic. And it's a great deal on him. the The guy who I thought about this a little bit right before we failed to record a podcast yesterday. And have sure. woke up this morning and realized that this is a better idea than I might have given myself credit for yesterday is that the Packers should sign Taylor Gabriel, who is was released yeah. from the Bears. He's 29. You can get him for real cheap right now. Uh, I said it in a text message to you, and I, I mean this in that there were moments where Taylor Gabriel was the best player on offense for the Bears. Absolutely. Yeah. No, there at, totally there were moments where he was the best player on offense for the Bears. He's a Good little, he's five foot seven. He's a good slot receiver. He's a great route runner. He's got burner speed. I think he'd fit in really well in this Matt LaFleur system. I think that uh, even if they sign Taylor Gabriel, you know, get him two years, 10 million, two years, 15 million, whatever. I think Packers still go wide receiver high in the, in the draft in first or second round. There's some guys, Jalen Rager's a guy I really like out of TCU. Uh, I think there's some options there, but I, I think Gabriel's a great choice. You look at the defensive side of the ball, uh, Snacks Harrison is still available coming off of some time in Detroit. Uh, Harrison would be a nice counterpart for a guy like Clint, Kenny Clark, who is is slimming down a little bit and playing a, playing a little bit, if not lighter, then at least a little bit quicker and a little bit smaller than he was when he came into the league, which is mm-hmm. going to be good for him as well. But you put a guy like Harrison, who is just a pure a middle-stuffing size guy, yeah. Right next to right next to him, it frees up Dean Lowry from having to be on the field so darn much. I I, mm-hmm. I think and I think you could get Harrison for very cheap, especially if no one makes a move on him in the next day or two. His uh, his price yeah. is going to be real affordable for you. If you look at at Harrison and Gabriel as as your final two free agent signings for the Packers this season, they can both be had for cheap, and they both 
fill a position of need with a veteran who can tell you something about another team in your division. Yep. I, I, I don't think there's a better uh, like defensive line signing for the Packers right now than Snack Harrison. They run the Packers. Their main formation on defense last year is a 2-3-6. We always talk about the Packers as a 3-4 team with the outside linebackers, but so often the Packers ran Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry on the defensive line with with four uh, with uh, Martinez and the two Smiths outside. Get Sax Harrison. You can take take Dean Lowry off the field. You're not. This team does not rely on pressure from the defensive line. They rely on pressure from the off, outside linebackers, and so. You know, use Snacks Harrison to stuff up that run game up the middle. You know, take away anything up the middle, like Kenny Clark, rush on the interior, get the Smiths outside. I think Snacks Harrison is a brilliant signing. I would, I would like to see him, and he's he's one of those guys that he has a personality and a reputation that's big enough to get past the fact that you know we don't know a lot about football players because they're they're very shrouded when they're on the field. They have the helmets on; you can't really see who who they are at all times, but. Snacks Harrison has that has that reputation and that personality that's that's bigger than the game. So it's it's fun to it's fun to follow his career because he always seems to be having a having a good time. And I bet he would like to get the heck off the Lions. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody on the Lions wants to get the heck off the Lions. Uh, the NFL free agency period has been absolutely crazy so far. Before we go there, of course, the the Packers have the draft coming up. Everyone has the draft coming up. Uh, in April on the 23rd, it will be in front of nobody. It will most likely be conducted completely by cell phone. ESPN is going to most likely butcher their coverage of it because the talking heads will have to sit and talk more than they already do. And I don't know about you, but there's nothing worse than watching talking heads talk no. about the NFL draft. It uh, it has weird. Yeah, they bad, don't know anything. It has bad overtones because you talk about uh, you talk about uh 20 year old kids like their products and um, no one knows anything about anything at all but everyone seems to think that the Packers are going to go offensive line and wide receiver and inside linebacker in rounds one two and three I I'm assuming that that's probably correct at least makes sense on paper from a month out the question right now is who's going to be available where and Matt I think that with everyone just throwing caution to the wind and looking for skill position players and, and tipping up their teams the way they have. I think the Packers who are not going to be looking for a, a star skill position player, most likely at the first round is, are going to see a lot of the guys that they might assume are going to be off the board at 30, especially at tackle and linebacker are going to be available for them as teams are going to reach and gamble on skill position players this year. Yeah, I think there will be some some good people available at thirty. Uh, I also wouldn't be surprised if the Packers have ten draft picks in this in this this year's draft. Would not be surprised to see some moves to move back up into the second, get two second round picks, uh, maybe move into the first again. Who knows? I, I would expect uh, inside linebacker, offensive tackle, and wide receiver off the board in the first three rounds for sure. Yeah, I was curious about this. I was trying to think to myself, who did the Packers? Have you know, if you if you get a player involved in this trade, I don't quite know who the Packers would be able to dangle that would have perceived value to another team that lets them move up, but they definitely have the late round picks for a team, say like 
Miami, who's just trying to get warm bodies, or the New York Giants, who are just trying to get as many people as they can into the fold to try and find find some effective players in in the backgrounds that they can get for cheap. Maybe you know if if you if you hit on one out of five, if you're the Giants right now, that's a big win. So teams yeah. like that that yeah. can that'd be willing to trade picks, but I don't. I don't know if you see anyone on the Packers who could really be a like a draft day move to get them back into a into an early round. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some movement from this wide receiver core. Um, there's some some unknown quantities there. EQ St. Brown, nobody's seen for the last year. Um, I don't know if that would be able to pull anything. Maybe a fifth or that, sixth. Yeah, or I was I was but, curious as to what you know. Even a package of like EQ St. Brown and a couple of fifths gets you nowhere into the fourth. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's any, any, any guys on this roster that you're going to be able to spring to get back into the first or second. I think then your alliance on, you know, trading a third with a couple with the fourth and your comp fourth pick and, and a fifth, maybe to get into the second, which is a big haul. But, uh, you know, with a, a top heavy draft like this, I think that's a great choice. If you take a look at some of the other other things that have happened, we'll talk more about the draft later on. It's a month away yet, and we are we're quarantined, folks. We've got nothing to do. We got nothing but time. We got nothing to do but talk about football. If we if we fuck up an episode so spectacularly you can't hear it, we're going to record it again. The next day, immediately, immediately, because what was I supposed to be doing this afternoon except this? I didn't even. We didn't even ask, are you free today? We just said, let's record. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just do this. My pizza dough is rising. Hold unemployed. Yeah. Um, big, big shout out to the coronavirus for taking away uh, literally an entire season of softball, baseball, and professional softball this summer from my plate, as well as a little bit of more high school work as well. And possibly, yeah, just about everything I was supposed to do for money in the next three months. Big shout out to coronavirus out there. God. Uh, God. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. <laughs> you know, you're really cool. Yep. Really cool. <laughs> it's, it's cool to not know how to live. <laughs> yeah. God. Oh, and you know, I, I know your, hey. your situation hey, for is, mattresses. Yeah. Are you listening, Casper Mattresses? We'll take a sponsorship. We need you. What is the... Uh, um, there were some... A couple of podcasts I listened to that were sponsored by the... Uh, like an online sex shop. I forget what it's called. <laughs> and, yeah, I could I could absolutely read like online sex shop ads. Yeah. It could, can we Can we reach out? <laughs> I don't remember what it was called right now. So the joke is, is falling very flat. But, you know, that's... You know, football football podcast definitely right in line with uh, with that that audience as well. And like I said, we're all quarantined. You know, you better you, know, <laughs> you better like the person. Yeah, that's in hey, the, nothing. Yeah, nothing to do. Better like the person that's in the house with you. Yeah. Uh, online sex shops are are actually uh, excluded from the stay in home order. Those are considered essential functions. <laughs> well, shit! If the liquor stores are essential functions. Then, hey man, are the are the dispensaries essential functions? I believe the medical dispensaries are. I don't believe okay. you can go in as a recreational patient anymore. Okay, 
It was Adam and Eve, by the way. AdamandEve.com oh, okay. is the place that Good. Uh, they made a big podcast we'll advertising email. push. Yep. Uh, Adam and Eve, if you're out there, we will absolutely read whatever completely embarrassing content you want. I'm a I'm a 40 year old lapsed Catholic. I'm still I'm still going to turn bright red if you make me read ads. So do it for the comedy comedy I have ba- no aspect shame of it. And no yeah. morals. Yeah. <laughs> I'll read anything. Matt's from South Dakota. They don't they don't have shame or morals out there. <laughs> um, I just like I either shaded or complimented everyone in South Dakota there for no fucking reason. <laughs> no, that's okay. Send shots. Bah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh the NFL free agency period. Uh this has been the most fuck it free agency period I can remember in recent memory. Highlighted by the ultimate fuck it move, Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a whole lot of millions of dollars. Uh, perfect situation for Brady in that there's no expectation that the Buccaneers actually win. So if the Buccaneers are terrible and he half asses it for the final year or two years of his career, no one's going to hold it against him very much like Brett Favre on the Jets. And if the Bucks are actually good and he's able to produce, no one's going to say, oh, well, he's supposed to. They're going to say, oh, wow, what a great signing for the Buccaneers. So win-win situation yeah. for Tom Brady, win-win situation for the Bucks. Sell a lot of jerseys, get one of the best people to ever play the game to come in and turn your system around. Yeah, I, you know, I think great move. I think confounding move, kind of. But uh, you see the number on that contract and you say, okay, I get it. Oh, yeah, you got I mean, extremely Tom Brady who's... Yeah, he got 50 mil for two years. This is a guy who's taking pay cuts, making like $12 million a year to keep the Patriots in contention. Go get your money, old man. Yeah, I I think one of my NFL conspiracy theories that I I would believe in a moment is that the Patriots pay Tom Brady under the table to complement that contract. So (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if the 12 million a season is exactly correct, but yeah, the Buccaneers just backed up the truck, uh, dumped a whole bunch of money on Brady and it gives Brady a in with another organization uh, down in Florida, where you have a whole bunch of other sports teams that have sort of shady involvement with X X players. Look at Derek Jeter and the Miami Marlins, whatever the heck it is they're trying to do down there as well. Yeah. If Brady has any burn baseball to the ground. Yep. If Brady has any designs on a a post playing front office or coaching career, getting an in with uh, with the Miami organization, not Miami particularly, but Tampa Bay actually. There, I've been to both cities. Um, Miami is cooler than Tampa Bay, if you're wondering. But yeah, g- getting into Tampa. Getting an into that it. organization, okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I got really lost in Miami once. That's that's mostly what I remember about Miami is that I had to like pop into a, a gas station in the pre-smartphone era and be like, "Excuse me, where the hell am I? And uh, how the hell do I get to where I'm supposed to be as opposed to where I am currently?" And the people in the gas station were like, um, "No hablo inglés." <laughs> They were like, no, get out of here. Yeah, nope. <laughs> like, very well. I will continue driving. <laughs> so shout out to the uh, the very unhelpful gas station in 1999. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a while back. Uh, it's three years old, Mike. Okay. Yes, I was. I was on spring break in Florida. <laughs> I I can tell more of that story, perhaps at a later time. <laughs> There's there's sure, there's sure. more to that story uh, that that we might want to might want to bring into the podcast, um, but 
we have to get to DeAndre Hopkins being traded off the Houston Texans to the Arizona Cardinals. They, uh, the Texans under Bill O'Brien are in, they're, they're making bad decisions. Uh, Bill O'Brien being employed by the Texans is bad decision number one for them. Uh, Hopkins to the Cardinals for David Johnson and I believe a second round what? pick. What a stupid move. That's awful. What a dumb, fucking stupid move. When when I when me and, and the AM sports radio call in army that I represent here on this podcast, when we mm-hmm. get on sports radio and say like, oh, I could be so much better as a GM than Brian Goodkunst, like we're lying. No, we we don't. Sure. No, <laughs> these are these are not true statements. But I'd like no. to think that if you gave me a three or four weeks to really read up and get ready to do a, do a job, I could be a better NFL GM than Bill O'Brien, who is um, like if if you're the Cardinals in that situation, you assume that's a prank call. Yeah, you hear you hear Bill O'Brien call and say, "Hey, uh, I want David Johnson," and the and the Cardinals are like, "Huh? Okay, what do you want him for?" And then he goes, "DeAndre Hopkins and a second. and he goes. Oh. And the Cardinals are immediately like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's yours. He's yours. Take him. Yeah. Take him. Yeah, we've somehow just already put David Johnson on a train to you. Yeah, I mean, he's already there. He's on his way. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, I mean, for the Cardinals, this is brilliant. Uh, I mean, you get DeAndre Hopkins with Kyler Murray. Okay, thank you. I'm interested. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that, that helps them out a whole lot. And I was thinking yeah. about this yesterday evening after after a couple of loggers just just pondering to myself if you're david johnson in this situation like there's nothing there's no like shame or anything on david johnson that's a legit nfl player right there he is a good running back and has had an effective career but um your name is now in the press for all the wrong reasons through absolutely no fault of your own that sucks yeah he had here's can we read can we look at uh, david johnson's stats last year he had 94 attempts for 345 yards and two touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins had over a thousand yards and seven touchdowns on over a hundred catches. What the fuck are you doing? What What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) You have a quarterback who throws the football. This is not a team with, with, with Mitch Trubisky, a quarterback or some bum where you got to hand it off and take the ball out of his hands. You got Deshaun Watson. Let him sling that rock around. Let him get the ball to a, an all pro, one of the best receivers in football. What are you doing, Bill? What is happening? And Bill O'Brien did one of the the most despicable things. Now this is you know re- sourced through through anonymous sources and such, but uh, apparently he uh, he got on Hopkins' bad side by by comparing Hopkins to Aaron Hernandez. And the thing that really got Bill O'Brien mad was that DeAndre Hopkins brought his children and their mothers around the team and the facilities too much, which um, I, is just one of those things where like, I hope that's not true because if it is true, that's one of the more despicable like opinions aired by anyone on the, on the, the level of sports ever. Like you, sir, trying to be a good father and, and be committed to your family. How dare you? Like, How dare you? Oh, it's unbelievable. What are you doing, the, Bill? The, yeah, the level, the level of madness. There are like several levels of madness to that, yeah. to that sentiment. So 
Yeah, it's it's it was kind of put out in the the tabloid side of sports media. I hope it's not true, but yeah, I, that one really that one really stuck in my craw as far as like yeah, it's, yeah. It's I good. Deshaun Watson is one of my favorite quarterbacks, and I've been. It, most people think most people agree with me in that he's very very good, but I've been I've been willing to to go even bigger and say like Deshaun Watson is going to win a Super Bowl. He's going to be thought of as one of the you know one of the top all time greats at quarterback in the NFL. But um, he's got to get the hell out of Houston. Like he should yeah. just like change his phone number or something and just dip out. Drive yeah. to Green Bay, Deshaun. Yeah, just show up somewhere else. Like, has that has that ever been tried before? They're like, um, yeah, I just sort of changed my address. Uh, <laughs> I'm not living here yeah. anymore. Sorry, I forgot to put my two weeks in, but like, I, I left. Yeah, just call in sick, and then you know, a day, day later, be like, I guess, uh, I guess it's my two weeks notice as well. Except I, you know, just pretend I gave it to you two weeks ago. Because I'm not coming in. Yep. Uh, don't worry, though, Matt, because the Texans got rid of DeAndre Hopkins and added Randall Cobb, so no drop-off there. Okay, sure. All-pro to all-pro. Yes. Superstar to superstar. One-on-one. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. Great. That's brilliant. That's a good move. So, yeah, Randall Cobb and David Johnson, welcome to Houston. Uh, please enjoy your time. Um, it's a surprising signing for me because uh, – Cobb gets the heck out of Dallas right when uh, when Mike McCarthy arrives, which yeah. maybe that's understandable. But you got to think that there's a team that's not currently on fire that um, that Randall Cobb could land in. So I, I think he, I don't know, he might he might want to get some better advice on that one. Yeah. Also in the free agency market, uh, Todd Gurley goes to the Falcons. I. I applaud Gurley for getting another NFL contract when it's very clear that he's got bad knees and can't move. So, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, cheers up for for you, but oh my goodness. Yeah, not a ton left in the tank there, uh, but, you know, get your money while you still can, man. I think it, you know, I think it becomes more obvious every year that I think that rookie running backs, rookie running backs deserve a different contract structure than any other position. I think that a rookie running back should have a two-year deal where at the end of that second year, they can option out and get a bigger contract because you got six years in this league. And if four to five of those, depending on where you're drafted, are spent on a rookie deal making maximum $10 million a year, you need to be able to look elsewhere and get, get some bigger money. I like that idea. I don't know how you make that work in the the structure of a collective bargaining agreement, but I like it just on its face in that they're, there is a there's a different expectation for running backs, and I think that you should find some way of doing that. That's 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 good stuff. Um, J- Jason Witten and Eli Apple go to the Raiders. Ha ha, not not ha ha. Clinton Dix, Nick Quickkowski, also to the Raiders. I I've made fun of John Gruden a lot. I'm not going to make fun of him anymore because I don't know exactly what he's doing over there. But sure. Um, yeah, he's he's doing something like the the Raiders looked a little better than they had any right to be, and he keeps on adding veteran guys. And I like the Kwiatkowski signing a lot. I think Eli Apple's a good signing. I think John Gruden has has a 
has a different vibe to him than a lot of NFL coaches and that like Eli Apple has worn out his welcome in a couple places already, which yeah. is uh, he seems to just be a little bit surlier than most guys like. But I don't think John Gruden gives a shit how surly you are. He seems to have a way with with players who can be very, very difficult on other organizations. Yeah, John Gruden only cares if you play football. If you if you can't play football, he's not even want you. But if you can play football, he doesn't care what you are as a human. He doesn't care what you're talking about in the locker room. He doesn't care how you behave. He just wants you to play football. At, I don't know if it's ever going to work long term in an organization, which was you know the Raiders giving him ten years is hilarious because of that. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. eventually, you know, eventually someone is going to come in and upset the apple cart too much. That's not a pun on Eli Apple's name. I just happened to say it, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, right. Right now, he's you know, the team's moving to Las Vegas, and they've actually got some guys on the field who are very good. The Jacobs pick at running back, Jake. Uh, you know, he immediately when when Green Bay played the Raiders last season, yeah, that that guy was the first guy to pass the eye test for me of like, oh, there's an NFL yeah. player. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he he pops. He's he pops. He's really good. Uh, I think that's a brilliant signing. You know, the NFL every day moves closer and closer to a full pass league. But John Gruden getting Josh Jones, I think, a, or, uh, Josh Jacobs, a great, great signing. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater went to the Panthers. That's a decent spot for the Panthers to be in because they have a quarterback who can actually yeah. start games and isn't terrible. That's a that's a tough move for Bridgewater in that I, you know, the Panthers are not in win now mode at all they're in they're in a big rebuilding period as they move on from cam newton so yeah bridgewater has has a um, a pretty tough hill to climb there but for the panthers that's a, a good net net signing there so possibly that works out and philip rivers i was unsure if he was going to keep on playing after last season he is going to the colts to be their presumptive starting quarterback that's i was surprised to see the colts get impatient and move on already yeah, I thought Jacoby Brissett was not awful last year. Uh, I don't really understand the move to get. It feels like a a, a flatline move here. You're not getting any better getting Philip Rivers, you know. And Philip Rivers is done in one to two years. Uh, we'll see where Brissett goes. Um, but I don't really get that move for the Colts. Yeah, tough to tough to understand that one, except. Yeah, it get it, and it gets Rivers out of San Diego, which is that's going to be odd. It's it's one of those late late career moves that I was never a big Philip Rivers fan. It's not like I'm turning on CBS to check out what what my my hero Philip Rivers is doing sure. every week. But he's another guy whose personality was just a little bit bigger than uh, than other guys. And yeah, there's a lot of things that you could sort of make you know not make fun of, but like have a have a little bit of a laugh about, like the fact that he's you know, got this like gigantic family. You know, he's like, yeah, he's got a football team of a family. Yeah, he's extre- got a whole offense. Extremely Catholic. Like, he's really loud. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, one of the best trash talkers in football. Yeah. There's just, I love, yeah, just some, some stuff that kind of made him, made him pop off the screen a little bit more than, than other guys. Some of the compilations of him just like standing on the bench, like talking shit about the other team. Our, our, anytime, anytime he completes a pass with like a defensive lineman bearing down on him, and he just fucking screams at that defensive lineman, yeah. it's the best moment of my day. No matter what time it comes on, no matter what's happened in my day, that's the best part of my day. And he's big and goofy too. Like he's got a big goofy face, yeah. and he's just one of those guys where you just—he should never play poker 
because everything that's going on in his brain <laughs> just comes popping out on his face immediately. And it, it's, it's fun to watch. So it gets him a little bit, a little bit closer to me. And there's, there's a good chance that I get to see Philip Rivers play in person this year as we do do stuff with the uh, company I work for usually gets, gets a Colts game a year at least. So might, might. well, hopefully the uh, season is still on. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no shit. That's a, that's a, that's about what I've got. As far as notes, we went through this so much more efficiently on the second attempt than we did on the first attempt. I don't know how much I missed, but uh, you know, one of the things that we started with, or I ended with last time was just this idea of like, folks stay sane and safe out there and i'm just going to exhort everyone to not take medical advice from people who call themselves pundits and don't post medical advice on social media from people who are not qualified to be giving it so just like a heads up out there like people are saying a lot of really extremely stupid stuff about what's happening in the world right now it's been Remarked by people I know that you know this is a uh, this is just a ploy by the liberals to finally cancel sports because liberals don't like competition, which uh, yeah, I that's what I'm in on. Uh, I'm trying to cancel sports so everyone can get a participation trophy. Yes, uh, everyone gets a Lombardi trophy this year, and you know just to say like thanks for coming out, you know thanks for trying to play the game, you know, and uh, so I guess, you know, that, that hoax is true. I am a part of that. I <laughs> okay. get my calls. I take my calls from the Illuminati every night and we discuss the plans. Um, so no, yeah, you listen. and Jay-Z are, are discussing the plan as it happens. Yes, we are like best friends. We're, he's, uh, you know, actually we don't, you know, say names in the, in the, the chats, but, uh, I, you know, I recognize that voice, you know, I'd recognize that voice. Anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, but uh, I was at, I was at work the other day uh, before this happened, before my my job, before I left my job and started a new job, and then the new job said we're not working anymore uh, at Lou's. And one of my 65, 67 year old coworkers said, "Just eat a lot of elderberry. That that kills the virus." Elderberries. I, said, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Elderberries, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, Jay. quick. I think that might be a bad one. <laughs> All you hear is the sound of my footsteps receding as I run to Facebook to post this. <laughs> I've already tweeted about it seven times. All right, elderberries. That's uh, that's how we how we defeat the global pandemic. I oh thank thank God. <laughs> yeah. For this. Sorry, I've been holding this information for so long. I should have told you immediately. Thank, thank God for this sage advice. Also want to note in a, in a music note that we, we both agree on right now, the J electronic album uh, written Testament that just came out is absolutely fantastic and has way too much Jay-Z on it. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It has too much Jay-Z on it. I, I remember being at Holgate middle school in eighth grade. I was like 12 listening to exhibit C and going, this is a life changing piece of music, not comprehending any of it. <laughs> but just understanding, hearing it, going, this is amazing. When's this album coming out? I can't wait to hear it. And all you know, you Google it on whatever computer I had at the time, and and the news is like, Jay Electronic album coming soon. He says this on Twitter. And ten years later, here we are. <laughs> yeah, it it was going to come out as soon as you graduated college. <laughs> God, if you had told twelve year old Matt at the time, I would have said, "Fuck this guy." <laughs> and I'm in. But a, now we're here. Yeah. 
I'm in a completely I'm opposite boat it. in that I missed J Electronica entirely first time mm. out. I'm, you know, admittedly, like my interest in any sort of current rap or hip hop started much more recently. Like I've always been a guy where I remember and like the stuff that I heard when I was a teenager. Like I like Snoop Dogg and yeah. you know those albums. I like Cypress Hill a whole bunch from my time sure. as a juvenile delinquent. I like Run DMC from from the eighties and nineties. I you know I always loved that stuff and knew enough about it to kind of have a you know have have a little bit of a claim to fandom there. But a lot of new rap and hip hop I I was not was not at all into you know back back when Jay Electrona was Electronica first came out. So for me the album was just a matter of like oh people seem really really happy that this album came out. Let's check it out. It's absolutely fantastic. Way too much Jay Z, but. Yeah, well, what are you what are you gonna do about that? What do you expect? Uh, yeah, Jay Z is actually I've, pretty I've darn heard. good on it. Oh, he's really good on it. This, I mean, it's 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 astounding to me every time we hear Jay Z. You know, when you when you think of rap, <laughs> so often it feels like it's a young man's game. You know, so many of the rappers that are are popping on the charts or or, or putting out great albums, it's their first or second album. They're twenty twenty five. Jay Z is like fifty, and he's still brilliant um and it's 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 wonderful to see these guys kind of age up and still be incredible uh yep pop is a young man's game for sure and rap music has rap music has been very very popular and now you have a generation of guys who are going to be able to age a little bit more gracefully into what they do and that there's a big there's there's now that very uh, you know that adult 40 plus year old dudes and and ladies demographic who is going to want to listen to to rap and hip-hop and yeah, look at guys like Pusha T, who I think is fantastic, and yeah. you know Jay Z, who I, I have I have my I have my problems with, but uh, he's still he's, totally. he can still be very good. Yeah. Look at Danny Brown, who didn't even break on yeah. you know at anything until he was you know thirty years old. Whereas you know what I'm saying, it was the best hip hop album I heard last year, and yeah, you know absolutely. he I mean, run the jewels as well, but a couple of veterans teaming up and and doing yeah. good stuff. Yeah, I mean Jay Z didn't make an album until he was like twenty nine, you know. So it's 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 I think it's a good thing when you hear a rapper come out at, at twenty nine or thirty. They're they've matured already. They know their sound. They're going to be able to continue to create deep into their thirties and forties because they're not you know rapping the young man's sure. game, talking the bling and the the flash and the you well, know it's it's bigger than that. Well, they're and either last yeah, longer. they're either mature or they're Danny Brown, one of the two. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Well, Danny Brown is a mature in his own way. <laughs> yes, certainly. <laughs> we'll we'll uh, go with that. Um, yeah, I give me credit, folks. I'm a 40 year old white guy. I listened to uh, Culture Two by Migos for the first time this week, and oh. I loved it. That is a absolute is, fantastic album. That's the one that's like 30 tracks. Yeah, it's really long. Yeah, yeah, that one's crazy. That one's too much for me. I had a little socially isolated uh, public transit time where I was like trying not to touch the metal bars, so I just you know, <laughs> yeah, put put that in. It took me took me to and from the north side a couple of times uh, this good, this good. week. So yeah, shout out, shout out, um, tweet at me, um, tweet at our Twitter account at Cheese Cagoland on Twitter, and tell me more stuff I should be listening to for the. You know, the rap in the young man's game because I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get all the all the run the jewels shit and you know, all, I'm I'm gonna know about all that stuff. I, I read the right blogs, but I uh, I got a I got a couple recommendations for you, Mike. Before we get off here, all right. Benny the Butcher and Boldy James. 
All right. Those are your two picks. The Griselda. It's a record label. They're wonderful. They're they're the best we got right now. All right, there you have it, folks. We've got we've got hip hop recommendations. Uh, we from um, from us, which you know, take that as you will. But sure, take it as a grain of salt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, have yourself a nice heaping teaspoon of salt with that. Uh, <laughs> Cheesehead of the week it was it's Jimmy Graham, actually, mm-hmm. because it's Jimmy Graham. The Chicago Bears just gave him nine million dollars. He swindled them, <laughs> and in his last breath. Jimmy Graham slayed the Bears one more time. <laughs> there we go. That's the that's the biggest play that Jimmy Graham has ever made against the Chicago Bears in his entire <laughs> NFL career. And we will be back and talking more about uh, probably Packers mock drafts and stuff. Stay safe out there, everyone. Stay safe up on the north side, Matt. Um, hopefully, Thank you. Hopefully we can uh, continue doing this, uh, this remote stuff without technical difficulty. And, yeah, take care, everybody. It's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. And until next time, don't get the coronavirus and stay cheesy, baby. All right.